Welcome to Conflict Managed. I'm your host, Mary Brown. Interested in being better than you currently are? What are your blind spots and how can you find them? This week on Conflict Managed, Tina Larry Jarman reminds us of the value of being open to constructive criticism along with the benefits of having a good mentor or two. We talk about the pressure many women feel to be perceived as nice, why to avoid prejudging those around us, and encouraging managers to get to know their employees' strengths and weaknesses in order for individuals and organizations to thrive. Good morning, Tina. Thank you for being on Conflict Managed with us today. Good morning, Mary. I'm glad to be here. I was looking forward to this all week. Oh, me too. Uh, (laughs) Let's go ahead and get started. Could you please tell us a little bit about your work history? Um, I have worked at a variety of different jobs, from fast food, factory, office setting, daycare. I've been in the school system. So I have experienced a little bit of everything. The only thing I think I have not did is retail. As I was thinking about that, I was like, I've never worked in retail, which was probably a good thing considering I do like to buy clothes. (laughs) (laughs) So that, that probably worked out good for me. And so tell us about the position you're in right now. Right now, I am the administrator of a nonprofit um, organization called Promethean Foundation, and we um, offer scholarships to children that are at at risk. And what we consider at risk are children that come from whose parents are maybe drug addicts, in a lot of debt. do not work, their marital status, they may be single, um, incarcerated parents. So not only do we look at the children's parents, but we also look at the parents' parents, so how they were raised. And we're a research company, so basically we want to break that cycle or at least look at that cycle of, are the parents raising their children the same way they were raised? Are they in the same type of household? Because generally... If you were raised by parents who were addicted to drugs or in and out of jail or low income, single mom, oftentimes we see that you're raising your child in the same type of environment. And so we're hoping that if we can at least get the children, those children into daycare the first five years of their life, that we can have an impact on their decision making later on if they're in a quality daycare. So I'm the administrator here. We've been around since 2004. And um, I actually just got this position almost a year ago. Um, I've been here about eight, nine years, but I was the business administrator. And my coworker at the time, Kathy Wagner, was the administrator. She started the program from 04. And she finally decided I'm ready to retire. And so I moved into her position about a year ago. I still talk to her quite a bit. That's why you should never look at a person's job and go ahead and decide how their job is. Like, 
you should not assume that their job is easy or why are they doing this or that's just stupid um, until you're in that actual position. Because now that I'm actually in her position, now I see why she was meticulous, why she was controlling, why she wanted to be the only one to do certain things, because it makes your the information more accurate. Um, that's where I work. Promethean Foundation is a very humbling job. Um, I absolutely love it. And um, it gives me a chance also to still be around uh, children here and there. You know, I think it's a really interesting point to be able to see both sides of a job because so many times we just see life in general from our perspective. Mm -hmm. And, you know, really what else do we have until we have more experiences and more perspectives? But, you know, now that you've had this experience, when somebody maybe says something negative about another role or you, you now know, well, maybe we should give them some grace. Maybe we should look to see, no, they're not just misbehaving or they don't know what they do. Maybe there is a reason. Yeah. Correct. Exactly. That's really important. It is. And I, until this moment, you know, I didn't realize. And I told my mom the same story about now I see. And she said, she's worked at her same job for 30 years. And she said, when people come to me and say, how do you think that job is over there? Do you think I can do it? She says, she always tells them, I don't, I do not know. I never did that job. So I can't speak about that job. And she said, that is why, but she said, because you never, you never know until you actually do it. Um, so um, you're right. We should definitely not assume and perhaps realize that there could be a reason why they do it a specific way or they're str um, struggling with it. And we should just not, well, I don't, they're not doing anything or, you know, there could, there could be a reason. Absolutely. Definitely. Job I've ever had though, Mary, I've learned from. There has not been a job that I've been at that I have not learned anything from. And I contest to that saying that I feel like it has prepared me for another job that I'm going to have in the future. And maybe not another job, but something in my life that had this event not have happened to me, I would not have been well prepared for a future event that has happened to me. Um, I may not have handled that situation the way I have handled it had I not already been in that situation in a prior. So um, every job I look at, there's a reason you're there and you can learn from it. And your situation, whether it was a good situation or a bad situation, there is something to be learned from it. Um, and I truly believe that no matter where I've been in my life that I can look back and be like, uh-huh, that's the reason why that happens. You were preparing me for it. You know, like, um, for instance, I have a, I've been struggling with something recently and it just has really been bothering me. I, you know, um, I have wondered, you know, am I making the right decision? Um, am I going to be a good leader? Am I, you know, do, doing the right things? And I've reached out to my mentor, Kathy, and talked to her about what I was struggling with. And then finally, and it took about a week and a half, you know, um, to come to this conclusion that I believe that the situation that I'm struggling with is happening to build me up and to prepare me for something else. One of my weak points is leadership. And 
you know, women have, they can be weak in leadership a lot of times because we hate to hurt people's feelings. Um, we hate to be confrontational. And that's just a general speak, not, not every woman, but that is one thing that I've come to realize in my different lines of work that that is one thing we struggle with. You know, I know teachers that will, or not necessarily teachers, people will leave notes when they have a problem with something, a little post-it, instead of confronting the person about it because they don't want conflict. Um, and so, but I think God has given me this challenge to work on it because he knows that's my weak point. So he wants to build me up and help me become the person he knows I can be. So I, once again, a situation that was, um, that wasn't, that I didn't like, I shall say, is actually turning, is going to turn me into hopefully something I do like. So um, help build me up. Um, so like I said, every situation that you come across, I feel like is there for a reason and can hopefully help you through something in the future. Well, I, I think that is a sign um, that is a, a leadership mindset, a looking at every situation as how do I grow? So, mm-hmm. you know, we think about failure and failure, while it could be the case that something doesn't work, it can be a state of mind instead of a growth yeah. mindset. And mm-hmm. Well, it doesn't feel good at the time if you have sort of trained yourself, as you've been talking about, to think, I'm going to learn. And sometimes we know our best lessons are the painful ones, Mm -hmm. Um, but we we can learn and grow. And that's one reason on this podcast, I do like to talk about negative work experiences, because they can be a teacher as to what either we did wrong or how we grew or what we learned about ourselves and what we want and the kind of people and jobs that we want to have in the future. Oh, yes, definitely. Um, everyone should grow every day. You know, I feel like we learn something new every day. And I, I'm always asking people, tell me about my box. What do I need to work on? Because no, none of us are perfect. So, and oftentimes we do not see our own box. We can see, I can see your box, Mary. I can tell you plain as day is what's wrong with you what you need to work on. But as far as looking at myself, sometimes it's a little difficult. It's hard. It's good for others to tell you, you know, what your box is looking like or giving you constructive criticism, but you have to be very receptive of that criticism. Everyone is not. And that right there can hinder you from growing. I grow and excel because I, I take constructive criticism very well. It has made me who I am today. I appreciate it when someone tells me something I need to work on or something I'm falling short on um, because ultimately I want, I want to be better. And like I said, sometimes you don't, you don't see it. And if you don't see it, you can't fault that person for not doing it. You know, they just didn't see it. So I take constructive criticism well, but like I said, everyone does not. And that sort of plays a part in your growing because um we all fall short of something every day, you know, unfortunately. It'd be nice if we didn't, but, um, you know, we did. So it's good to know, you know, what you need to work on. I think, you know, I talk a lot about conflict and conflict resolution. And one of the first steps of conflict resolution is self-knowledge, right? So being aware of, I have this problem 
and a lot of times we have a problem, we externalize it. It's all about the other. They're mm-hmm. driving me crazy. They're the issue. And we don't really take that reflective lens to figure out what specifically is my problem? Why is this a problem right. for me? What solution specifically am I looking for? Absolutely. And that that's a part of growing as an individual in our jobs and our life is being open to who am I in the situation? How am I contributing? And once we look at every situation in that way, it can really help us get over these barriers that we have when it comes to having difficult conversations um, from Mm -hmm. shying away from the person who's trying to tell us something that we need to work on. Yeah. And it's, it's funny because sometimes you can take that difficult conversation right then and there and you're like, you know what? You're right. You know, and sometimes a person, it could take a year. It can take five years for them to reflect back on the situation at hand and say, you know what? I did play a part in that. It actually was me. You know, it could take that long for you to realize you are actually the fault of the situation because sometimes it just takes maturity and growth to understand that conversation that you had that was so difficult, that you thought was so difficult. When I um, would um, have something to tell my former mentor, my boss, she, she does not like me calling her that. <laughs> she, she hated that. She always would say we're co-workers. When there was difficult conversations to be had, I was so intimidated and scared when I would have to go in her office. And I had built the situation up so high and it was nothing like that. You know, she could turn a situation into a positive for one and even though it was a difficult conversation to be had, she communicated it very well. And I think that also plays a part, your communication, how you communicate those difficult conversations. When I teach training classes, I talk to people all the time about there is a professional way of having that difficult conversation or discipline someone. There's a professional way of handling that. Um, yes, we will all love to shout and say words we shouldn't say. And, but that's not, first off, it's not productive. Secondly, it's not professional, but you can still get your point across in a professional manner. Just the way you say it is different than shouting and uh, being confrontational. Um, just so often we think that that's the only way and it's, it's not, and it's, it's not the productive way either. I would say that shouting, that sort of argumentative, you know, when we've had enough and we think the only way they're going to listen is if I'm aggressive and I shout, Right. we're pretty certain we won't get our point across because the other person, you know, fight or or flight, and now we're just arguing. So Mm -hmm. it might feel good psychologically in the moment, but not in the long term because you're not going to get what you want. No, absolutely. You're not. And you talk about that fight and flight. Now the other person is in defense mode. And another way of um, those difficult conversations, another thing a person should do is watch your surrounding, um, your audience when you're having those difficult conversations. Because I've worked at a place where 
the the boss did not care who was around. If she was going to get on to you and degrade you or discipline you, it was in front of people, you know. And I remember thinking, learn something from that situation. I remember thinking, I do not want to be like her if I'm ever a boss anywhere. And looking back, I wish I had spoken up more for the people she did that to. Because if you ever notice, they typically do that to someone who's very timid and not going to say anything back, which makes the situation even worse in my eyes. Um, you, you, you're a bully then, I, I believe, because you recognize someone's weakness and you have preyed on it by embarrassing them and getting on to them um, in front of others. When you have something to say to someone that could be a difficult conversation or you want to correct someone, take them aside privately. And the benefit in that is they are going to be more receptive in what you give them. They are going to be more productive in what you ask them to do or correct. If you do it in front of others, one, they're embarrassed or now their feelings are hurt and they're not even thinking about what you're getting on to and they're not even looking at maybe the positive as to why you shouldn't do something because you've talked to them in front of other people. And sometimes people get defensive and they take that conversation and then they come back at you with a more aggressive um, response when it didn't even have to be that way had you done it privately. Not only does it, when you're having those difficult conversations, is it important to use your words professionally and positively, but also to be mindful of your audience when having that conversation. Because I think those two things play a part in getting the results you're after, um, ultimately. At this particular job, did that happen to you? Was your boss rude in public to you? Um, at that particular job I worked at, she never did. She never was to me, not one time, but it didn't just because it wasn't me. It didn't make me uh, like her more. Right. I used to tell my um, assistant at that time, I just haven't gotten on her list yet. You know, I'm not on her yeah. list. Once right. I'm on the list, I'm, it'll come after me, you know, because I don't think she spared anyone. I just hadn't gotten on that list at the moment, but it made me resent her and not like her character at all. And the sad part about that was she knew what she was doing and she was also getting results, but it was her, it was the way she treated people. And to me, the way you treat someone weighs more to me than anything else because it speaks on your character. And so no matter the fact that she did all these great things sometimes and she could turn out a horrible situation into awesome because she knew how to train very well, it didn't matter to me because I saw the way she treated people and there is no excuse for treating someone disrespectfully. And I, and I, Honestly, out of all the situations in my life, I cannot think of one to where there's an excuse for treating someone disrespectfully. It just, it, to me, when you do so, it, it reflects on your character. And character weighs a lot to me. Um, I, th I think that's really interesting. A lot of times 
managers will get a pass because they've got those hard skills. They can get it done, but mm-hmm. they lack the soft skills. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's the other way. Somebody is really nice, but they're mm-hmm. incompetent in yes. what it is that needs to happen. And uh-huh. so what we need to really hold our organizations accountable is that we have competent people who can do the work, but have those, those skills that they can treat everyone with dignity mm-hmm. and respect. And that's sometimes hard to get find in one person. In another situation where I had a boss who was um, let everyone run over. And, you know, things got swept under the rug because she was afraid to really have that difficult conversation. The little post-it notes, you know, and I used to say, girl, communicate. You have got, you know, a lot of things can be solved if we have better communication. You know, a lot of problems arise because of communication. And when you leave something, that's why sometimes I don't like texting or emailing for the simple fact it could be misread and taken the wrong way. Absolutely. If you have a serious conversation with someone, you will not get a text or an email form from me. I may either call or say it face to face, just so you know the correct tone or um, the correct message I'm trying to send. Because so many times people, you can just have a bad day and read a text and you just take it the wrong way. I used to get a text from someone all the time and had a, she ended everything with an exclamation mark. <laughs> what did I say? Finally, I called her and said, what you, I didn't mean that that way. She said, what are you talking about? And I said, your exclamation mark. She says, oh, girl, I said, all my stuff ends with exclamation mark. I said, oh. So it was not directed toward anything I had said. She responds with everything with an exclamation mark. Now I know. So that communication problem was solved in the blink of 30 seconds. But it was because I called her. Now, what if I had let that go on and fester in me and I could have turned that situation into a, t- a gigantic mountain instead of the little molehill that it was? But once again, I addressed the situation right then and there, called, and, you know, and it, was, it wasn't anything. So going back to a lot of things can be solved with communication, but bosses have to still be able to get the job done, but there are ways to go about that. And sometimes you have to know your employees. Being a manager is difficult job because people are different and we're not computers. And so, like you said, the text um, will mean one thing to one person, one thing to another, it's the same Mm -hmm. words. And Mm -hmm. so if that's the case, a lot of the manager's job is taking time to know how to help each employee be their brilliant self. How Mm -hmm. do I help you? That means how do I communicate with you? Which sometimes I think people misread that as walking on eggshells or having to cater to. No, it's called knowing people and that we're different. And how do I really reach that person if that is my goal? Because Mm -hmm. when the people that work, that I work for by managing them, when they thrive and they feel seen and heard and invested in the output, the quality of what they produce, their engagement just goes up, which makes my job easier. So in the long run, you actually have more time if you invest up front. Mm-hmm, exactly. And it, it does. That quality of what you're trying to get goes so much further. And it, it, it's, it's well worth it. You know, people will say, uh, 
you treat them differently or you, you don't talk to them the way you talk to me or, you know, things like that. And it's because it's not necessarily a manager is playing favorites. It's they know this person is going through such and such, such and such. They're very sensitive with whatever. So they talk to them differently and they know that when they talk to them, they're still going to get the same results as if they were talking to the other person in a different manner. It's very important that we know our employees and know how to approach each one. Definitely. A lot of what I hear you talking about, well, has to do a lot with emotional intelligence. So a lot of what you have said is about knowing yourself, knowing your responses. So a friend all of a sudden is sending you these, these texts that strike you the wrong way. And so instead of stewing, which a lot of us do, you're acting and mm-hmm. you're reflecting on bad circumstances. If we take that time to reflect, which sometimes, you know, as we talked before we started recording about being up at three in the morning, thinking, thinking about things, maybe we don't want that, but this idea of really being reflective so that we can make the right decisions, that we can be proactive and not come into these situations which have just gone on too long. And now it's harder to talk about someone taking out the trash because other things have transpired. Exactly, exactly. Um, Most of the jobs I've had have been working with women, but the few times that I have worked with men at some of the factories, a couple of the factories I've worked at, they handle situations totally different than we do sometimes. They address it right then and there. But I I would like to say that I think a lot of that has to come from society and upbringing. Um, Oftentimes, especially my generation and older, we are raised to listen and sometimes not really talk back or not be heard. If you're too opinionated, a woman, if she's too opinionated, um, we don't like that. If she is too, too strong or too good at something, we don't really like that. Whereas uh, a man, he can, he can be opinionated all day, every day, and he's looked upon as strong and um, a great leader and tough and knows how to handle the situation. But oftentimes women in those management positions have to walk a fine line. You can't be too opinionated or too strong or too much of a tough leader without someone judging you and looking at you wrongly. So you still have to be a little soft and watch what you say and how you say it. I've worked at jobs where I hear men say all these things sometimes and I'm like, I just wonder if I said that, how I would be looked upon, you know? And I sometimes cringe because I'm like, I want to say that. And there's nothing wrong with what they, that guy said. Like, absolutely nothing is wrong with it. It's just, I just, sometimes if I was to say it, I don't think it would be conveyed the same way. Um, so I think a lot of that has to do with society, the way, the way women can be a little more lax in them. In situations and less confrontational and um, looked upon as um, not a strong leader. And I wonder if some of this is regional differences. So we live in the South and um, in the South, 
you do have this politeness culture, which yeah. I think it gives and it takes away. I like that people smile at each other on the street and that uh-huh. people are friendly, but I think it has the backside too. I think particularly for women, what does it mean to be polite? You hold your tongue. You don't mm-hmm. say you don't want to appear quote unquote aggressive, um, where women in leadership, there's the way to be from wherever you are, right? From whatever and however you want to be and know that what is kind is speaking up. Like we mm-hmm. all want to know when we have that salad stuck in our teeth. We when all it- want to know if other people on the team are saying that our presentations are not up to snuff or that they always find prob- uh, typos in our emails and that's hurting our ability to progress or that you know, whatever it is, having those conversations with people that work for you is actually kind. It, it is, is not kind to be passive, to make mm-hmm. an environment where everybody's walking on eggshells. That That's is kind. not kind. It is. It. I needed to hear that myself. Um, absolutely. Definitely. Someone I had talked to a few weeks ago about the difficult, my leadership, whatever she says, And I had never, never even thought of it. And she said, Tina, you lack confidence. And she said, I just cannot see that in me. And I said, well, you know, when I'm teaching adults or children, I am very confident with what I'm teaching. You know, I'm just very confident in that situation. I said, but in this, I'm not. And she said, "That's, that's it. And the woman I was talking to, when I tell you she's confident, she's confident. She knows her material. And if you dispute her, she has facts and documentation to back it up. And she's very confident in her ability to get her point across. And I love it about her. And she does it in a very respectful way. Before I knew her, this is another example of judging someone and not being in a situation. I've known her for years, 15, 20 years, long time. I didn't know, know her. I just knew where she worked and that she was a great boss. Well, I don't want to say great boss. She was a boss that got things done, I thought. And she ran a great business. But I always thought, oh, I bet she's hard to work for. You know, she 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 doesn't play. I, I wouldn't want to work for her. She gets it done, but I bet we were both heads. I just don't know. She's so confident and so outspoken about opinion, you know, outspoken and very opinionated. Not in a rude way by no means, just that's her personality. Well, I finally got the opportunity the last couple of years to work closely with her. She's nothing like I thought. I would have loved to have worked for her first off. And what I looked at as being a hardball, someone that I would not have liked to work for, was actually her trying to help you grow, make you better. She is there to encourage you to, if you got, if you can't get it, let, let's work together. We're going to get it. Um, if you don't know how to do it, we, my God, we are going to, We're going to figure it out together. She is there to build you up. So what I perceived as a hard boss and a dictator type boss, no, ma'am, she was nothing like that. She was 
the type of boss that we need, one who is there for you, helping you, building you up, telling you the truth, but being kind about it, um, helping you grow and preparing you for that next step. Of course, didn't know that till I started, you know, working closely with her on other things. And now I'm going to throw her in my mentor list. She is, she's just a great person. And I, I look at her and I think, I want to be like that. That, that That's, I, I want to be like, her. you know, actually those two mentors I'm talking about, both of them is a goal for me. And um, the one I worked with, she'll say, I said, I'm not going to change anything that you did. I want it just because it just works. And she said, Tina, yeah, you will. You're going to make it your own. You're going to put your thumbprint on it. You've got great ways of doing things. You handle things totally different than me. She gave me all my accolades, I should say, of my touch on the program. And I haven't really changed much at all. But she saw things in me that was great for this in my own way. And, you know, it brings us back to all of us have pros and cons. We all have something that we're great at. Every one of us. And we all have things that we're not so good at. So as a manager, we need to find those great qualities and try to utilize those. You know, I'm not saying change your whole job description around for that one person, but I'm saying if you have, I had an assistant once that was supposed to be doing all the cleaning, let's say. She was slow at it. I could run circles around her for cleaning. And I was like, oh my gosh, she is going to take, it's going to, I'm going to take forever, it's going to take forever to clean when I can do it. And at the place I worked at, the assistants did the cleaning. Well, in my mind, everybody does the cleaning. It it doesn't need a title. You just clean it. But you know what she was good at? Paperwork. And I had a lot of paperwork at that job. And I said, you know what? I know what you're going to do. Don't don't you worry about cleaning those tables and sweeping. Don't you worry about that. I got all this stuff that has to be turned in every week. I want you to handle my paperwork for me. And before you submit it, let me look it over and I'll sign it. She was awesome at secretarial jobs. You know what she does now? A secretarial job. I ran into her about eight months ago and I hugged her. I hadn't seen her in since probably 2007, eight. I said, oh, hugged her. I said, you know, what are you doing now? Blah, blah, blah. She still works for the same company, but she works in our office now. And I told her, that's the job for you. And she said she loved it. So everybody has that quality that they are great at. They, we all have skills we're good at. We all have skills we're not so good at. So why would I have made her day and my day more difficult knowing she was weak at something, but that was what she was supposed to be doing? Well, why? You know, what benefit is that? There's not benefiting me and is, is really not benefiting her or the office space. We're not utilizing the time well. And one thing I have learned is how to utilize that time more efficiently because ultimately we, we want to get the job done and move on to something else. You know, we would love to move on to sitting by the pool if we got everything done, you know, so why make it more difficult for all of us? But sometimes, you know, now what if I had been that person that had an ego problem that was like, well, that's not my job. I'm not doing that. You know, work as a team. When you work as, work as a team, ultimately make the entire organization better. 
you know, and we all get pats on the back because we do, we're doing such a great job. Um, when there's conflicts within the team, it looks bad on everyone because we're not getting everything finished. And, you know, when there's conflict, because we're spending time on fixing this conflict, we should just work as a team and be more efficient at what we're doing and try to help each other out. We're so, a lot of times people are so stuck in, that's not my job. I don't get paid for that. I'm too good for that. But if you're working at a place, and I don't care what job you're at, I do not care. Take pride in your job. No matter if you're flipping a burger, painting a house, working on a vehicle, watching children, whatever you do, take pride in it. Um, when I worked at fast food, I took pride that my all my my sandwiches, everything I did looked neat and presentable. I would eat it. I did it in a quick way with a smile. I took pride in it. We have come into this mentality of, I'm too good to work at fast food. I'm too good to work here. I'm too good to work there. No, you're not. None of us are. Not a one person is too good to work anywhere. Sometimes those jobs that we think we're too good for are those important jobs. I can't imagine life without McDonald's. <laughs> I eat it every day, but it's pretty important to a lot of children and to a lot of people, you know? And it's actually a very stressful job. Oh, they're still working 40 hours every week, standing 40 hours every week, and dealing with the public. That's a very stressful job. And many of them have to work two jobs just to maintain. So let's not minimize jobs. Right. And, you know, I have people that I talk to all the time looking for a job. And I'll say, well, McDonald's is hiring such and such. I don't, don't want to work at McDonald's. And it, first off, it goes all over me. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, okay, you don't work anyways. So now you're being picky. And I would always say, well, I worked there. And they would say, you did? And I would come back and say, you don't think I started here, did you? Because I didn't start here. I grew here. And one of my stops was fast food, which I learned something from. Right. So um, my daughter had an assignment in high school one year. And the question was, go home and ask your parents, what's the one thing they think, they think every teenager should do? That was the question. And I told her working, working customer service, particularly fast food. And she said, oh, mama, he's not talking about that. And I'm like, well, you asked, write it down. And she said, fine, why? And I said, it prepares you for when you get up. You know how to treat people. You better understand what they're dealing with. You know, I think there's a lot to be said if every single person had worked in fast food or with customer service, somewhere along their way, they would be more patient. They would be more kind to others. They would be more understanding. Um, when you have it, you judge. Right. They're not doing anything but flipping burgers. I'm like, well... And I'll go in my whole spiel about it, you know. Right. Um, so, so a lot of what you're talking about um, with teamwork and 
treating every person with dignity and respect and really seeing the person and their skills, right? This is human-centric workplace where we really want people to thrive. So as a manager, is there any sort of advice you could give as to how to bring about workplaces that not only treat every worker from the owner to the part-time worker with dignity and respect, but help every person thrive? The advice I would give would, would be probably communicate with each other and try to be understanding with each other and try to be more inclusive. Hmm. We often like to work with people that look like us, that act like us, that do the same things as we do. Because um, that's who we get along with. We just assume we're going to like them. But there's a lot to be said with working with a diverse group. And when I say diverse, so many people think black and white. Well, there's so much that goes into diversity. People that do not look like us, do not have the same lifestyles as us, help us not to judge others. So when we work with them, we better understand those that do not think like us, that do not have the same religion as us or political views as us. So I think as a manager, I would say, communicate with your workers. Do not go behind their backs and talk to other workers about them. It's very unprofessional, first off. And it causes a lot of drama. Communicate with that person and understand the people that you work with. Don't assume and don't think that everybody's life is just like yours. Because it's not. It's not. Right. That's right. Um, everybody's dealing with something different. And like I tell people all the time, try not to bring it in the door. We all have something. Everybody that you work with has something they're dealing with. You may not ever hear about it or see it, but I guarantee you they have something that's on their mind. Try to be understanding. And one thing a manager can do is put a smile on their face every day and say hi, or have a good day, or good morning, every day to each employee, and they will feel so much better. Yeah. That smile of good morning hits like lightning to that heart for the whole day. It sets the tone for the entire day. When someone comes in, and they're not smiling, and they're just, you can tell something's on their mind, or they don't want to be talking, it sets the tone for the entire day. We are all dealing with something, but when you walk through that door, I'm not saying leave it and we don't care about it, but come in and smile and still say good morning. It just makes you feel good. It makes other people feel good. And when people feel good, they do better work. They just, <laughs> they just do right. when they feel good. That's right. You know, and I don't mean feel good at the stomach. I mean, when they just feel like you care and... Uh, feel like their work environment is just a good place they do better work that's You're right more productivity done in a good work environment so managers should realize that when you make it when you make it difficult or uh, you're not nice and kind you're going to be lucky that those people do the job at the best quality they're resenting you <laughs> <laughs> and, and they're just like well I'm just going to do the bare minimum you know, and, and most managers don't want the bare minimum. 
Well, Tina, thank you so much for talking with us today. I could just go on and on. I know. Uh, I talk too much. I know. I've been Not at all. (laughs) (laughs) I knew this would happen. I was like, I just know I'm going to talk too much. Not sure if I know what to say. Oh, it's been perfect. I just I, I really have all kind of notes that I <laughs> look at not one time. Um, <laughs> don't know where we were on that. Sheet. <laughs> so, um, well, but, I, yeah, really, I really I, appreciate. It. I could I could do this all the time. Have me back. Um, <laughs> I absolutely uh, love doing this. Uh, well, thank you so much. I really you appreciate really the time. Good what you're doing too. So um, I appreciate being on here and um, I'm glad you asked me and I'm looking forward to working with you in the future on things. Absolutely. All right. Take care. Thank you, Tina, for spending time with us and for reminding us that both the good and the bad prepare us for what's next. Join us next week for more stories from the workplace. If you have a question for our guests or ideas for who you would like to see interviewed on Conflict Managed, please reach out to us at 3pconflictrestoration.com. Our music is courtesy of Dove Pilot. And remember, conflict is normal and to be expected. Let's deal with it. Take care.